Well, happy Sunday morning to you. I'm Melissa Moore, and welcome to Mile High Magazine. It's good to have you here and joining us. You know, this week we're going to talk about HPV, get a little bit of awareness, talk about the vaccine. You know, HPV causes cancer in more than 45,300 Americans every year. And in Colorado, about 586 people are diagnosed with an HPV-associated cancer each year. There are 80 million people in the United States that are currently infected with HPV, and about four out of five people will get HPV at some point in their lives. And knowing these facts, this is why it's great that we're having the conversation this week with two experts on it from different perspectives. One is Dr. Judith Slay. She's the Associate Director of Denver Public Health and a professor of family medicine at the University of Colorado School of Medicine. And she's been working on various programs at Denver Public Health now for over 30 years. She has also been the principal investigator for a number of projects focusing on health promotion and disease prevention. And also, we're going to talk to someone who has had HPV and had an HPV-related cancer. Jay Middleton, who lives here in Colorado, was diagnosed with neck and oral cancer at the end of 2019. He spent the first half year of 2020, if you can imagine, undergoing treatments. We're going to talk to him, and uh, just so you know, he's also been raising money with Bikes Kill Cancer, raising money for the Sarah Cannon Cancer Center and also the Fred Hutch Cancer Center. He rode his bike throughout his treatments. And Dr. Slay, we will start with you. So let's talk about HPV. How common is it? And exactly what is HPV? Explain it to folks. So HPV or human papillomavirus is a really common virus that's spread by skin-to-skin contact. And it sometimes leads to cancer. It's, it's fairly common Nearly 80 million Americans are currently infected with the virus, and it happens about 14 million Americans become infected each year. Often it usually goes away, but Mm -hmm. sometimes it continues and manifests and people get cancers from it. And it can occur in both men and women. For example, it can occur in head and neck cancers and cervical cancers. You know, it's really Um, interesting. I had heard about the cervical cancer being caused by HPV, but I had never heard about head and neck cancer. And that's why I'm really excited to uh, talk to Jay Middleton, Colorado resident. And Jay, what has your experience with HPV been like? Well, I guess I'd say, first of all, it's been a learning experience for me. I was familiar with HPV, but I really thought that it was something that just caused cervical cancer. I had no idea that it caused um, or was a common cause of the type of head and neck cancer that I have. There's mm-hmm. also some other types of cancer that it's, it's been associated with. Uh, it, so it was, it was just surprising. I, I had no sort of ill side effects in terms of I wasn't feeling bad. Um, really, the only thing that I had that was out of the ordinary was a lump on the side of my neck that would not go away. I am fortunate that I have a, a great primary care physician who we had uh, discussed this, and he said, let's keep an eye on it. Uh, I, it wasn't going away, so I went back to him for my, my yearly physical, and he's like, hey, we probably need to do some more you know, digging, some testing, to try to figure out what's going on. And right. so several tests later, I was referred to a head and neck uh, specialist or, or ENT, ear, neck, and throat specialist who gave me my final diagnosis of, of having having cancer. And from there, it was a big, big learning curve about, about HPV. 
And what kind of cancer did you have? And then, I mean, is it is it called HPV or, you know, I'm I'm not really up to speed on it because I know you also had, had to have surgeries, correct? I did. I ended up having a uh, what is called a bilateral neck dissection. And that was on the right side of, of my neck. And I have a scar now that runs from my ear to almost to the very front of my of my neck, where the doctors went in uh, over about a five-hour surgery and removed 18 of my lymph nodes, uh, five of those which came back uh, testing for, for cancer. And then I also had some additional surgery done on the inside of my throat. So they went through my mouth to get to some cancers in the back of my throat to remove those. And then I was allowed about about a month and a half to heal up. And uh, from there, I had six weeks of uh, daily radiation treatments, Mondays, Monday through Friday over at Swedish Medical. So this was um, intense. It, it, it was pretty intense. And, you know, that, that sounds like a lot. And it definitely was a lot, especially if you imagine doing all this during, during COVID last year. Mm-hmm. But... Um, you know, I would I would say after having met other HPV and other head and neck cancer patients through different support groups, I've I've actually gotten off pretty easy. There's there's some folks who've had to have not only the type of surgery that I've had, but much more invasive surgery, which then requires reconstruction surgery of of their face and neck uh, because it's invaded into their into their bones, in um, their jaw and their teeth. So. You know, I don't think you're ever lucky getting cancer, but right. in terms of, of where I what I've had to deal with, I feel pretty, pretty fortunate. And I've had a, a great team and a great support network around me. Now, would the HPV vaccine have pre- prevented this cancer in you? It would have um, definitely decreased my chances of getting cancer. It is not um, 100 percent guarantee um, I'm 50, well, I was 51 when I was diagnosed. Excuse me, I was actually 50 when I was diagnosed. I just turned 52. Um, so the, the, the vaccine did not roll out until I was well beyond the age of, of being able to get the vaccine. Right. Um, if, if, you know, if I'd been much younger, um, I could have, you know, been, been eligible to get the vaccine or the vaccine had been around, then there's a good chance that uh, the vaccine would have prevented me from getting this type of cancer. Right. And Dr. Slay, let's talk to you. Is HPV preventable? Well, you know, it is preventable. Um, uh, HPV and nearly 90% of the cancers it causes are preventable from the vaccine. So, um, and it's Really, the the cancers that we're talking about, the the one Jay is talking about, um, if we give the vaccine early when the immune system is strongest, when a child is 11 or 12 is the best time, we can prevent it. And it's good for boys and girls to get this, not just for girls. Everybody thinks initially it was just for girls, Mm -hmm. but it's for everybody. And we can then prevent both these uh, head and neck cancers, as well as all the other cervical cancers and other cancers that can be caused by the human papillomavirus. And Dr. Slay, I know they say that for boys and girls, starting the ages between 9 and 12, and 9 always sounds so young to me. Why so young? Well, it's rec- so what happens when you go to a provider? Um, it's, it's recommended either, be- actually, the earlier the better, it, a lot of parents, when you come in for a well-child check, you start talking about vaccines, 
at 9 and 10, which are the adolescent platforms that we try and give at 11 and 12, Mm -hmm. to have the conversation because we're trying to give not, we're giving all the vaccines that a child needs at that time. So you can give it at 9, you can give it at 10. Um, The usual time people accept it is about 11 or 12. But we start the conversation so that people know we want to prevent pertussis, meningitis, and HPV cancers. Mm -hmm. And so the HPV vaccine is a cancer prevention vaccine that can really impact a person's life to avoid it. And recent studies have shown that when uh, this was done in Sweden, when they looked at thousands and thousands of people, if you gave the vaccine early before a, a girl, this was for girls in this study, before 17, they never got cervical cancer. Mm, okay. That's pretty powerful stuff. That gives me the why as to the reason we want kids to get it, because then they will avoid ever getting HPV cancers. Now, help me understand this. HPV, human papillomas or virus, um, is HPV only sexually transmitted? No, it's skin-to-skin contact. So there's lots of different types of HPV, little warts and things like that. Those are not the cancerous types. Um, we think of it as, uh, you know, from the, the mouth. I mean, you could have contact with somebody who has it, and then you get it. So okay. it's not just through um, sex that a person gets this virus. Okay. And is the, the vaccine covered, as we were talking about it, by insurance? You know, it's very interesting you ask that question. It is covered in the majority of private insurances through the Affordable Care Act when we had something called first dollar coverage. That means that people, irrespective of what their co-payments or caps are, um, they can get the vaccine um, without any payment. It is covered by the Vaccines for Children's program, which then affords the vaccine for people who have no insurance or have Medicaid. Mm -hmm. Um, And so there's really no reason to not be able to get the vaccine. And Jay, question for you. Why do you think, as as someone who's had HPV, has had head and neck cancer, why do you think that both boys and girls should be getting this vaccine? You know, it comes down to a couple of things for me. One is that, as the doctor just mentioned, this vaccine is incredibly safe, and it does an incredible job of preventing certain types of cancer. And for me, you know, getting the actual cancer diagnosis, I kind of after a while knew it was coming because, you know, after you go in for your, your third biopsy of your, of your neck, you kind of know that something's up. Right. And, um, you know, my mind just sort of jumped right away to worst case scenario, uh, which was the cancer. Uh, but I, the hardest thing for me was having to tell my wife. I mean, it, it about broke me. I, um, uh, it, it, was, it was by far the hardest thing that I've had to do. The second hardest thing was having to pick up the phone and call my mother and call my brother and sister and let them know right. what was happening. And th- then, again, just having my mom and my wife there in the hospital. This was before the, 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 the COVID uh, type of bans from on the hospital, uh, visitors in the hospital. Sure. But having both of them there was a great support, but it was also heartbreaking knowing um, how helpless they felt um, standing there looking at me as I'm you know, being wheeled out of the operation room with all this gauze and sutures and staples in, in the side of my neck. So, um I'm not a parent, but I, I can. I have plenty of friends who are, are parents, and I know 
that none of them would ever want to see their child or children go through what I've gone through. Right. So just getting a couple simple vaccines will pretty much eliminate that that chance of that ever happening to one of your children. Well, Jay and Dr. Slay, I appreciate you both being here. We've got to wrap things up. Um, But Dr. Slay, for listeners who want to learn more about the HPV vaccine, where can they go? How can they get more information? Well, I think the best way is always to go and talk to your health care provider. Remember, we want to give the vaccine early. And so getting in for those well-child checks at an adolescent visit, 11 to 12, starting Those would be the best way to get their opinion on it and getting the whole adolescent platform of vaccines. The other place you can go is you can go to our website at hpvfreeco.org, and there's all sorts of information there to be shared. And so we really want people to learn and be able to get informed decisions about things. Absolutely. Dr. Judah Schley, uh, the Associate Director of Denver Public Health and a Professor of Family Medicine at the University of Colorado School of Medicine, and Jay Middleton. Thank you both so much for being here today and for getting this information out there. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Well, thank you both so much for being here and sharing your wisdom and your insight. And Jay, thank you for being vulnerable and sharing your story as well. Jay Middleton is from right here in Colorado. He was sharing his story, how he was diagnosed with neck and oral cancer at the end of 2019. And then through the pandemic, I know you spent the first half of 2020 undergoing treatments. This included a bilateral neck dissection on the right side of his neck. Doctors removed 18 lymph nodes. He rode his bike throughout the treatments and started Bikes Kill Cancer. And he was raising money for two different organizations, the Sarah Cannon Cancer Center and also the Fred Hutch Cancer Center. And we talked with Dr. Judah Slay, the Associate Director of Denver Public Health and a professor of family medicine at the University of Colorado School of Medicine and where she has been working on various programs at Denver Public Health for over 30 years now. Appreciate both of you being here. Thank you for your time. And if you're looking for more information on the HPV vaccine. If you're wondering about, okay, what are the ages again that kids should be getting vaccinated? How can I learn more? They've got everything to really have that conversation with your child's health care provider. All you have to do to learn more is go to hpvfreeco.org. That's hpvfreeco.org. I'm Melissa Moore. It is Mile High Magazine. If you did join us late, definitely listen to this whole show. Again, you can find it at your radio station's website. Listen to the podcast. Share it on your social media. Have a great Sunday. Sunday. Enjoy this Mother's Day. I'm Melissa Moore for Mile High Magazine. I'll see you back here next Sunday. Go and have a great day and remember to be kind to everyone.